look at a few different proverbs here. They're all, they'll all be um, on your page there. All right, so since we've been in Proverbs long enough, we can ask this question and be thinking about it. Um, do you think that foolishness can be solved? Can foolishness be solved? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good, uh, you know, that we we talk about giving our lives to God enough that it might become a little bit um, mundane for us as Christians. But really, at at the root of that, we have to remember that that's like a complete turnaround of your life, right? Completely. Um, to go from living selfishly or living for yourself um, or even for something else um, to living for God is, is a significant change. And so if that is the solution for foolishness, it's not that simple, is it? It's a pretty big change. Yeah. Yeah, as we look at these Proverbs, we're going to maybe hear a different message, and I think there might be some nuance we can look at. So Proverbs 27, 22 says, Even if you grind fools in a mortar, even grinding them along with the grain, their folly won't be driven from them. So one of the things that's helpful for us to remember is that in Proverbs, we talked about this last week, that there are really there are two words, synonyms, for, the, for foolishness in Proverbs. Last week we talked about one, which was, um, which was more along the lines of naive, right? You're, you know, there's a level of naivete um, that, that all of us have. Um, from, especially as young people, but as we, even as we get older, there's still areas in the world, in our lives, that we, we are naive. Which is distinguished from foolishness, um, to the extent that foolishness comes because we refuse to grow, even as we age, right? So that's where foolishness comes in. So it's helpful for us to distinguish those two um, because what Proverbs seems to be trying to say is that naivete, being naive and and ignorant, right, um, about topics, that is solvable. Um, But there does seem to be this level of of the understanding in Proverbs that fools, like, you just can't fix it, right? (laughs) Um, now, I think maybe that there is a little nuance here. And what I would say is, is that um, the foundation of foolishness... Well, let's think about it this way. We've, we've talked enough about it. I think we're going to talk about it next week as well. We're going to get a refresher on it. The foundation of wisdom... Does anybody remember like one of the first things that is a sign of a wise person, according to Proverbs? There's several. Yeah. Fear of the Lord is... Okay, yeah. So there's several, right? We talked about the puzzle, and you have corners of the puzzle, and so there's several, there are several things that are you know, signs of a wise person. There's one that's really foundational throughout Proverbs. Fear of the Lord is one of them for sure, but the one that really that you hear about a lot um, that, that 
feels pretty significant and unique is um, being willingness to learn, right? You know, that is at the, the root of wisdom, is being open to learning, being willing to listen, right? To, to uh, we, what we talked about several weeks ago was seeing with your eyes, right? Allowing, you know, being slow to speak, right? That sort of idea that we, we listen well, right? And we don't always feel like we have to have the answer. We don't always feel like we have to speak. We don't always feel like our voice needs to be heard. That's, that's the sign. That's one sign. Now, that alone doesn't make someone wise, but that is one significant part of what a wise person is. Now, the opposite of that, and, and Proverbs seems to make this clear, the opposite of that then is the sign of a foolish person is someone who refuses to listen. Right, who does not want to receive, who does not make an effort to grow or learn, right? That is a sign of a foolish person. So, so, so again, we're, we're, these are um, opposed, right? A wise person is someone who first and foremost is willing to learn and is willing to grow and then, then applies their learning and their growing to their lives. Um, the sign of a foolish person is that they refuse to grow. So I think the reason I'm, I'm, I'm kind of refreshing this on this is that this, this verse, this first Proverbs that we're reading today, is that if you grind a fool into mortar, even grinding them along with grain, their folly will not be driven out from them. I think that might be because a person stops being a foolish person if they're willing to hear and, 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 and um, understand and take in information that reveals themselves as foolish. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit, that, that's getting a little bit nitpicky with it, but the point being is, is that um, the proverb here, taken by itself, again, this is one of those dangers of taking a proverb out of the context, out of the whole book, and reading it, and just applying that to life, or throwing that at someone, right? Throwing that at someone's face, you know, oh, well, you know, you're foolish, and you'll just never be different. Um, we might fall into the trap of thinking people can't change, right? But in reality, the whole the whole book of Proverbs would argue that as soon as you become receptive to wisdom, you stop being foolish. Maybe you're still, maybe you still have a lot of growing to do, and maybe there's still areas of your life that you're foolish. But the very fact that you're willing to hear and accept um, that you have been foolish, that you need to grow, that you need to learn, that in itself. Um, kind of pulls you out of that, that, that category of being a fool, um, which is really important. Um, so just kind of talking about that, the, this, the implication of this text is, is that um, fool, fools, can't, fools cannot be changed. But when we take it in the context of all of Proverbs, what we learn is, is that um, that's because a fool is one who doesn't want to change, right? And so it really becomes based on them. So the starting point of wisdom is willingness to be wrong and correct it, be, be shown to be wrong and to be corrected. And the, the, and the really the starting point of foolishness is a refusal to accept folly, even whenever it's become clear that, that the way that you've lived, the way that you're acting is foolish, right? Um, which I, it should really reassure us because, I, I, I mean, there's even moments where you read Proverbs and you feel real convicted. Uh, I, my, my last question that I'm going to ask today is going to lead us in this area. Um, it, it can maybe feel a little bit discouraging, like, oh my gosh, I'm a fool because I did this just last week. I, I, I behaved this way just last week. But in reality, our very willingness to say, man, that was foolish of me. I want to correct that. I want to grow from that is a sign that we are, you know, we, we are in the way of wisdom, right? Um, sometimes we might be hesitant to say, I'm a wise person because it feels a little bit um, high and mighty. But in all reality, it is that we're in the way of wisdom if we're willing to accept that. Um, 
A fool is someone who will not change even when their folly is revealed. Um, I, I put some quotes on the front of our on the front of our uh, page here. There, there are some really good quotes about foolish people. There's another one that I had on there, and I changed it for one of these other ones, but but I, but it's valuable here, and it comes from the Talmud, which is a, uh, a Jewish commentary on the Jewish scriptures, and um, it says that um, don't bother telling a fool that they're a fool. Because then you'll just have an angry fool, <laughs> right? Uh, then you just made an angry fool, uh, which is pretty dangerous, as we'll see here in a second in the next proverb that we read. There's, a, there's an, another thing. I'm not, I don't remember if it's right in Proverbs or not, but it's better to be silent and be thought a fool than open your mouth. Yep, that's exactly. So that's a Mark Twain quote. It's right here. <laughs> it's better to keep your mouth closed and allow people to think you are a fool oh. than to open it and remove any doubt. It's a really, really, that's a good quote. It's, it's funny, um, it's but actually, it's, a, it's a great quote. That reminds me of a show that I was watching. There was one of the characters was, he always looked down his nose at everybody, mm-hmm. but he blundered one point doing something. And uh, he's one of those, oh, he's better than everybody. He knew what he could do. But he always did stupid things, mm-hmm. like a fool. And he finally, at one point, did something he messed up, and it embarrassed him. Yeah. And his teacher made sure he felt the embarrassment. And then later, another situation came up, and he wasn't looking down his nose anymore. Mm-hmm. He was actually looking head on. So his yeah. teacher told him that he's already learned. Yeah. So he learned from his past mistakes. Yeah. Actually Absolutely. Listened. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's a great example. That's. A, I think that's exactly what Proverbs would tell us about. Um about someone really a true fool at that point would find some excuse or reason that they were still right you know they'll, they'll find a way to, to have been right <laughs> or they'll just leave and find a new group of friends right yeah. um yeah so um yeah so uh thinking about that if the proverb if the attitude of the proverbs is that 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 truly foolish people cannot be reformed. Truly foolish people, there is a there is a level to which, you know, again, that you can become out of foolishness, but but as a foolish person, you can't like be fixed until you acknowledge um, that you're fool that you've been foolish and you need to change. If that's the attitude of Proverbs, why don't we hear so many? I mean, read through the book of Proverbs. Why don't we hear so much about foolish people? Because there are a lot of them. Because there's a lot of them? Okay. <laughs> I would say. And, or could be that that it's a uh, a big deal. Okay. And maybe maybe not necessarily a lot of them, but there I might I think there are. Um, it's a matter of this is a an area that that needs a lot of attention, even with those who don't consider themselves fools. Yeah. It's something that's an easy trap to fall into. Like yeah. it, it's easy to get to a point where you know you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm good. I don't know, where you stop listening because you think you've got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that one okay. and get knocked, and we get knocked down that period. Yeah. So there's a level of even if we're on the path of wisdom that if we're not careful, we can we fall off and, and into the wrong path, right? Okay, that's a good point. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've seen situations, a lot of situations where somebody that um, that I might okay, I, you know I'm, I'm up here and I'm all educated and all this and somebody that doesn't, doesn't that 
barely got their GED comes up and is trying to pass on wisdom, it's too easy for an educated, for a person who thinks they know all this stuff to, mm -hmm. to listen to this person that should, they shouldn't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just think of uh, those situations where you, the, the, the wise person, educated, educated, I know, does not mean wise. Right. It just means that you know a lot of stuff. Sure. So wisdom comes when the educated will listen to the uneducated. Um, and let me tell you, uh, I, even though I have all these, I have these letters I can put behind my name, some of the wisest stuff I've heard are people, people that didn't even finish high school. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, and just because they didn't finish high school doesn't mean that they're not wise. It just means they didn't go to school as long as I did. Yeah. Didn't waste as much money on school as I did. Yeah, well, there's certainly areas of wisdom all over the place, right? Some people might not be as book smart, but they probably have a lot of intelligence in yeah. other areas of right. life that that people who are book smart don't have because they didn't get experience in those areas, right? Well, like, like tonight, I was taken to, taken to task by, by a child about a sentence that I used. I said, that's not a correct sentence. And so I corrected it. He said, now that's a correct sentence. You know? mm -hmm. And... It's just, it was interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it, you know. It, it just shows that, that we can all be corrected. Yeah. So another really important reason that the Proverbs talk about foolish people a lot. Um, now, again, um, Proverbs is written both to fools and wise people, right? It makes it clear. We talked about that last week. There's an invitation from Lady Wisdom. There's an invitation from Lady Folly. Um that, you know, again, it's particularly written to people who are naive. That's specifically what the first few verses of Proverbs says to those who are, you know, young, those who are naive. Um, and, and so it uses that language instead of foolish, um, though there are other times where it says, you know, Proverbs are for those who are foolish, those who are, who are living foolishly. So, so there is that aspect of why Proverbs talks about fools a lot. But another aspect that we're going to see in the, the Proverbs that we we hear from tonight, the rest of them, is that the Proverbs are written to help people avoid fools. Not just avoid being foolish themselves, but to avoid fools themselves, right? To, to avoid uh, associating with, um, being in close relationships with, being, um, you know, depending on, right, fools. Um, or, or making that the, 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 the circle of influence in your life, right? You might... You might be close to, to people that might be foolish by proverb standards because they're your relatives or or whatever it may be. But but what proverbs wants you to be aware of is okay. There's there's fools in your life. Don't rely on them. Don't trust them. Don't um, try to argue with them. Right. And so that's what we're going to hear from the proverbs today. So um, uh, so there's there's an analogy that the that the um, Bible study used where it says that. Um, you know what defensive driving is? I know, Kevin, you know what defensive oh, driving okay. is, right? Yeah. yeah. So defensive driving, um, they, they, do, they teach courses on defensive driving. If you get a speeding ticket, sometimes you can get it removed from your record or you don't have to pay it if you take a defensive driver driving course. And, and basically what defensive driving is, 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 and Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, is it's 
it's driving in such a way that you're preparing for bad drivers, right? So um, it's, uh, and, and I'm real guilty of this, um, if someone is driving really close to, to you behind you, right? Um, a defensive driver, though, though we all want to do it, you know, is not going to brake check them, right? Just slam on your brakes real quick or tap your brakes. You know, I'm real guilty of doing that. They get real close to me because that person that's behind you that's driving that close to you, maybe they're not a fool in all areas of life, but they're clearly a fool when it comes to driving. And they're not, you know, they're not, if a fool's driving that close to you, you wanting to brake check them is kind of foolish too because it's like yeah. they're not, they're not, they don't care apparently. <laughs> um, or, or I know um, I, I've gotten much better about this. I, I think I've told you all this before, but when, you know, Mary Elizabeth and I were in Kansas City before we moved here, we lived in Nashville for college before that. One of the reasons we wanted to come back to small town is because traffic, I mean, just quite frankly, just having to drive in a big city, it affects your life. It, it forms you. It shapes you. And I found myself being anxious and, and frustrated and irritable. Because I lived in a city and I had to drive in that city. Now, there's other aspects of living in a city that are really nice, and I, I always like to say that. But but the very that but that aspect of having to go anywhere it was so stressful to me. And so I know that I was real bad about doing stuff that you know bad drivers were driving in such a way that that I felt like they were putting my life and other people's lives on danger. And the way that I responded to them was do something stupid at at them, honk my horn, you know, drive try to go drive faster so they couldn't pass me, whatever. And Mary Elizabeth was always like, you don't know who that is. They might have a gun in their car and they might be having a bad day already. And you might be just setting them off right now. And so she had to, you know, I, I got many lectures like that. I, I think I've gotten so much better now that I'm not driving. Them. Of course, when I have to go to Atlanta or something, it, it comes out all over again. Let me tell you, one of the, the ways that, the way that you handle person behind you with defensive driving. This is my interpretation of it. This isn't these aren't this isn't the verbiage that they give me. Sure. It's just my interpretation of it. Is that you are now driving as though your car is extended by that length. <laughs> okay. And so that means instead of paying attention behind you at them, you're paying attention further ahead on the road. Yeah. In some cases you're slowing down. If you're behind somebody you double your distance. Right. And you watch you watch your traffic around behind them too. And you drive for them. Yeah, yeah. And that's protecting them. That's what that's what the wise driver. That's interesting. Yeah, the, yeah. And, and that, that that goes right along with Proverbs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, that that yeah. is interesting. I think that um, you know I know that I've heard of other methods, right? Just pull off on the side of the road as hard as that might be, and as unsatisfying as it might be, just pull over. Where you can pull over. That's <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, absolutely. Very rare. But but anyway, I, I I so I use that analogy to say that. Um, all the talk about foolish people in Proverbs is uh, like defensive driving for your life, right? You're learning about what, how foolish people act so that you can identify foolish people. Um, now, we're going to talk in a little bit about um, judging, right? So there, there's a level of like judgmentalness that might can come in. The call is not to be judgmental. And we're gonna t- again, we're going to talk about that towards the end. But, um, but to, to discern. Right, you're you're just observing the way that someone's living, and and saying I think that that is leading to foolishness. So I'm not going to trust you with confidentiality. I'm not going to trust you with with um, with different things. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not you know. So it's just recognizing that it's it's discerning that that can be helpful in, in how you engage 
with people that Proverbs would identify as being and foolish people. And I won't ride with you if you drive like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. I mean, and that there is a level of that that's an analogy, but it's also just another right. example of foolishness in our culture. Well, All right. Yeah. I'm just saying it's just. No, yeah. Wisdom, wisdom is practical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it definitely applies here. All right. So let's. Um, I've got a couple more Proverbs. Uh, 17, 12. It is safer to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than fools in their folly. Feels a little bit dramatic, but okay. So thinking about that, how is meeting a mother bear looking for her cubs in the woods better than meeting a fool? How is it better? Because this is better. It's it's safer. (laughs) You know know what you're getting into. Okay. Yeah, you know what you're facing. So maybe it's a little bit more apparent. Of danger, whereas meeting a foolish person is not, is a little less apparent. You know, might not know it off of the bat, right? They might have enough wisdom to fool you. Yeah. Or yeah. Or yeah. yeah. I mean, what I what I mean by that is um, that fools know how to speak. Some of them know how to speak to to talk the talk. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, they can sound like the wise. Sure. But they don't they don't understand it completely or they under, or they don't understand it correctly. Yeah. And so it's hard to it, it's it's harder to identify a person who is a fool. Yeah. Be, partly because of that. Sure. But a mother bear without her cubs, you can see them coming a mile away or hear yeah. them coming because she's not happy and she's yeah. not she's not trying to be discreet. Yeah. She's being a bear. Yeah, right. And I mean, she's she's complaining. She's you can hear her coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good point. I was I was thinking about it as, um, well, first of all, it's it's a little bit hyperbole, right? It's using some this dramatic scene to to illustrate the dangers of being in line with a foolish person, but also the dangers of interacting with a bear um, are quick and <laughs> quick and sudden. Whereas uh-huh. um, associating yourself with a foolish person. You might not even realize it, but in a year, two years, three years, you've gotten on that same path. You've you've been affected by their path more than they've been affected by your path, and so it's more of this slow sort of movement to foolishness than um, right than the <laughs> than the, the the speed of a of a mother care mother bear. Well, he, something I noticed that I, I watched on today was I'm not going to go into specifics, but um, our culture. Is a foolish culture, mm. and it's all in our media, Facebook, YouTube, right. whatever you do. Uh, it, it's it, it's hard. It, the wisdom of the world, which is what our culture has embraced, is a foolishness for God. Sure. And God, yeah. and vice versa, and so. They come up with these ideas and these platitudes about things that sound like okay, but they're wrong. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Like, like I heard somebody give somebody advice the other, the other day. Said, "Well, if they can't accept you for who you are, they're not your friend." Hmm. And I was thinking the whole time, if these people are. Are if you if you have if you have a bunch of people that are seeing something that 
that, that mm. this is wrong with you that they won't yeah. accept, and you don't listen to them, right? Then you're being a fool. Yeah. And uh, and my thinking was is that was foolish advice on their part. They should yeah. find out what it is and work with it. Instead yeah. Of just throwing a friend out because they don't agree with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And and there's a lot of things like that that might have like little nuggets of truth in them. And that, that that statement could be true at times. If you right. have a friend who's very shallow and, you know, they're constantly nitpicking because your outfit doesn't align with their style, you know, things like right. that. You know, they're not accepting you for your your personal, like, who you are. At that point, there is some wisdom in that. But if right. it's just because they're they're offering you, as a friend, advice that you're refusing to accept right. and you're identifying with a quality that's actually... Um, not good that needs to change in you right then at that point yeah it's it is yeah you're exactly right so there's there and that's why that's what's tough about foolishness right there are plenty of instances where foolish advice might sound good in some areas and might even be good in some context but in in other areas it's not right so there there's a great proverb here and in, in, you're kind of moving into to this conversation if you'll read uh that next proverb pastor kevin eighteen two. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. Now, this is a really, really interesting proverb to me, because as soon as I read it, I immediately thought of something that uh, psychologists, modern psychologists have coined. Um, it's called confirmation bias. Have you ever heard of this? Confirmation bias. We're going to watch a little video on what confirmation bias is. But it's funny because it's like somebody coined that phrase confirmation bias. I don't know. Probably in the 1900s, I think, is what I read. Um, but Proverbs was talking about it a long time ago. So listen to, to this video explain what confirmation bias is. Hello, everyone. Have you ever met someone that was so aggravating, so stubborn, and so out of touch with reality that they refused to look at objective factual information that disproved their point of view? Has that person ever been you? In today's video, we will be talking about a popular cognitive bias called confirmation bias that explains why it seems like sometimes we are living in a different reality from those around us. So what is confirmation bias? Confirmation bias is when people only look for and see information that confirms their own beliefs. For example, let's say that I strongly believe that eating a bag of chocolate every day is good for me. I will look for every piece of information that proves my belief that eating a bag of chocolate every day is good for me, while ignoring all of the information that disproves my idea. This can get especially tense with someone who does not believe that eating a bag of chocolate every day is good for me. You can probably see where this is going, and you've probably been in this situation where you're not arguing about a bag of chocolate, but something a lot more heated. So why does this happen? Well, it turns out that this is a result of our brains looking for more efficient ways to interpret information. Our brain looks at reality in a certain way and filters all information through that worldview. It is much easier to keep our current worldview than to keep changing it when new facts come along. So our brains have a bias towards maintaining what we already know and not shaking things up too much, as that makes it slower and more difficult to process information. The problem with this, obviously, is many times we ignore information that doesn't confirm what we already know in order to maintain our current worldview. Topics and beliefs that have a lot of emotion behind them can make people more prone to confirmation bias. 
especially if they identify with them. So where can you find this in real life? Well, everywhere you look really. But what I find really interesting about this concept is that it can be so blatant. For example, two people can look at the exact same piece of information and interpret it in different ways. It's not just the concept that we ignore information that doesn't prove our beliefs, it's also the concept that we interpret information in a way that will prove our beliefs. As a more optimistic side note, confirmation bias also helps us with enjoying music because we have a preconceived notion of how the beats and melodies will go and then get rewarded when we can successfully predict them. We are humans, and as humans we will always have imperfect information. This is why we are also irrational and biased creatures. The best we can do is be aware of the biases that we are victims to so that we can try to avoid them. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. So there's a there's several uh, videos I found on confirmation bias that I think you know illustrate that um, what Proverbs is talking about right here is that you know as human beings um, we have a tendency to uh, to look for information which our own opinions is what what the the language of Proverbs is is our own opinions we want to affirm those we want to confirm those um, and so we look at the world. Through, a, through the lens of our beliefs. So there was, there were several videos that I almost chose. This one was short enough. Um, one, one, uh, uses, um, one uses this, this analogy of saying we look through the world. We literally look, most of us look through with two eyes, but we, we have two lenses. One is, is, um, uh, is in, information that we can, we can find, that we can learn, and we can grow in. The other is our opinions, our belief systems, our ideologies, right? Um, this can be political. This can be um, theological, what we believe, how we see the world. Um, and, and we see those through a lens that's kind of together. And so a lot of the information that ends up not aligning with our belief system, um, we, we ignore it we don't, or, or we try to reinterpret it in such a way that it aligns with us. Um, one, one of the examples that I saw given was there's a – there's a couple of friends sitting together and they're talking about um, the existence of God. And one, one believes in God and one is an atheist and they don't believe in God. And the atheist says, I've, I've tried God. I, I, I even tried to pray just last month. I was out in the wilderness and it was freezing cold. I was hiking this mountain and I got off the trail and I kneeled down and I prayed to God, please help me find the way out of here. And, um, and, and he said, it didn't work. And, and the, the guy sitting across from him says, well, you're sitting here right now, so how, so how did you get out? He's like, oh, well, no, it's not because God helped me. It's because there's a couple um, other hikers that came by, and they knew the way. Right? Now, now the person who believes in God is going to say, well, God helped you get out of there after you prayed for help, right? Whereas the person who... Uh, who doesn't believe in God is going to say, oh, there was people, there was human beings that just happened to be there, right? And so, so both, both are looking at the world through their own lens, and they're not convinced of, of one opinion or the other because they're, they're viewing the evidence that he's there, he's alive, based on what they already believed, right? Now, sometimes these events can be shocking and sudden enough that they shock us out, and they, they change the way that we see the world. Um, but but confirmation bias makes it where it's more difficult for us to receive any information that disproves something. One of the things that he said in that video that's really important to note is if we identify with something, right? If we identify as a Christian, right? As, if we identify as um, 
any sort of political affiliation, right? If we identify with that, that's a, that's a part of our identity. Anything that disproves that is is going to be either rejected or reinterpreted in such a way that it aligns with what we're saying. And here's what's what's. Uh, there's a couple of things that I'm spending a lot of time on this because I think that's really what Proverbs is getting after. Um, this is both encouraging to me the knowledge of this, but it's also kind of discouraging. <laughs> Because Proverbs has spent a lot of time making this argument that, that the more you live, the more you experience life, the more wisdom you have. But at the same time, the longer you expend, the longer we as human beings spend on this earth, the, the harder that, that confirmation bias becomes a part of our very identity. The longer you have this particular belief in this issue or that issue, the, the harder it is going to be for us to receive any form, form of information that might say, well, here's another perspective. Here's other information you should probably consider. Um, and so, so on one hand, that, that's like really tough because it's like we, we have to be vigilant our whole entire lives at all points in our lives that, um, that as we learn and as we grow and as we choose our opinions, choose the things that we believe – the more difficult it's going to be for us to accept any sort of information that says that challenges that that pushes back on us, and so we have to be aware of that. Um, and and um, at the same time, it's very encouraging because what it says is that um, is that we we we're all again. If you at any point have felt like oh my gosh, I'm thinking about just last week I did this really silly thing. It makes me feel really foolish. Now that I think about it, um, it's good to know that that um, it's not just me, right? It's not just one of us, but all of us as human beings. We we're wired this way. the 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 theory behind confirmation bias goes back to when before you know there was civilization and and human beings. I mean, if you walked out, you know, you were constantly looking out for danger. Um, you, you were constantly interpreting information that you are receiving in such a way to protect yourself. So if you saw something in the mud that looked like a, a, a footprint of a giant, you know, a, a, um, tiger or something like that, something that was hunting in the area and it looked like that, it could be something else. It's possible that it would be something else, but the confirmation bias for your survival is that's dangerous I need to get out of here, right? It's to protect you. So it comes from this, this, this sort of this formation for us to protect ourselves. Um, and so, so the same thing. Most of our belief systems are uh, the things that we, we view the world through is for the sake of, of you know, survival, protecting ourselves, making sure that we're believing the right thing. And so, any, so, so confirmation bias is that wall that says, you know, if you're trying to disprove that, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an issue with you I'm, or I'm going to reinterpret it. Um, so we have to be vigilant there. We have to. We also have to be be aware that sometimes information that is after disproving something that we believe um, or that we understand as the, through the world is is actually foolishness itself. So what we were talking about a few minutes ago of, of there's a lot of times where things can sound like wisdom, can look like wisdom, can feel like wisdom, um, but in reality there's 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 something deeper there going on that we have to be aware of. Um, I know that a yeah. lot that. Recently, in our culture, there's been a, the confirmation bias is getting a major, uh, major encouragement because they, I mean, when you have college students that are taught that if if somebody's disagreeing with you, uh, then, then then you know it's it's dangerous to you and and all this. I've I've heard of this. I haven't seen it. 
personally, but I've heard that they have these safe zones you can go to to get away from these people that are wrong or against you. Rather than listening and being willing to gain wisdom, yeah. they're not gaining wisdom, they're, they're, becoming, if they're becoming fools if they're not already there. Yeah, and so this is another one of those things where going to an extreme can be foolishness, but also recognizing that there is wisdom and that a lot of times those spaces are because there's racism or there's like actual violence that is taking place. Well, right? violence, you, you know, safe place, but right. And so I, I think that there there is a there is a level of where we can go to to a far extreme on either way and say mm-hmm. that this is it becomes foolish. A lot of things can become foolish when we when we idolize them really is what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, so, so just kind of moving on then if fools, this text, this proverb says fools only care about their opinion. What does this imply about wise people? Quiet. Yell it. <laughs> so if fools only care about their opinion, what does this imply about wise people? Okay. They can hear other opinions at the very least, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And sometimes it's not worth, I mean, a lot of opinions are not worth just taking. We don't just take any and every opinion, right? That's important. All right. So Proverbs 18.7 says, The mouth of the fools, the mouth of the fool is their ruin. Their lips are a trap for their lives. What does this proverb suggest might set off a fool detector? So if you were to have a fool detector, which we all, we all have them, sometimes they need to be nurtured a little bit, but if we were to have a fool detector in our mind, what, su- what, it, what would set that fool detector off based on this proverbs? They'd probably say things that are um, counterproductive to common sense okay. probably like like they, they'll still say things that are like oh hey you know like these these mushrooms are really good blah, blah, blah. Like, you're hurting yourself mm-hmm. doing all this stuff but they're talking as if this is like some great thing yeah all that. yeah that sounds a lot like last week we talked about um lady lady folly and lady wisdom and lady folly offers things that look attractive, maybe even feel good, you know, initially, mm-hmm. but um, are to your ruin, right? That, and that's really what's going on in, in that understanding. Well, I question whether there is a such thing as common sense anymore. <laughs> it has to be common to be common sense. <laughs> and it's not so common anymore, yeah, it seems. Right. Well, you mentioned the guys, the folks that run, that follow too closely. Right. There's yeah. no sense in that. So no what, common sense. So it's not common. So that and so you know that that, that opens yeah. another category right. of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? What what sets off a fool detector? If I go around town talking about how great of a concert 
uh, singer I am. I'm just fantastic. Man, I just wish y'all could have heard me in my glory days. And then somebody invites me to their church or something to come sing some great special. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's going to be pretty bad. There's a lot of foolishness in that, right? So I, I do want to point out both of the answers that you gave, Jordan, have to do with talking, right? Mm-hmm. Running your mouth, right? We talked about this last week. You, the, the lady folly is loud. She says a lot. She talks a lot, right? Um, that's what foolishness really is, is, is that's a sign. Now, someone who's really talkative, that does, that's not a guarantee that they're foolish, right? Somebody might be a talkative person, but someone who talks a lot and talks themselves up a lot, you know, makes lots of promises, um, says lots of things that are just like really grandiose, right? That, that just are not like, just don't make any sense. Like that, there, there's a, that, that's a sign of foolishness, really. And the same could be said the opposite, right? Just because someone's real quiet all the time, that doesn't mean that they're a wise person. Though it is a sign that they're likely a, a, a person who is who has a lot of wisdom and is able to hold their tongue, right? And, and sit and listen quietly, right? So, again, these are signs of wise and foolish people, but that doesn't mean that they're not, it's not a foolproof. Like, like Marty Five. He fits, he's always... Bragging and grandiose yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these things. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when it comes down to time for him to produce, he can't. Yeah. And that's just a, yeah. character, a very good character example. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's that, that sort of caricature of it, right? All right. Um, so, would somebody read Proverbs 20, verse 3, and then just go right into 26, 11? It is honorable to back off from a fight. But fools jump right in. Like a dog that returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats foolish mistakes. Alright, so what what is similar about these two proverbs to um 18.7 and then 18.2, which was on the other page. So 18.2 is fools that find no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. Then 18.7 is the mouth of fools is their ruin, their lips are a trap for their lives. And so then those two, what, what's similar about those four, four proverbs that you notice about foolish people or that's being, you know, talked about with foolish people? They all talk about fools doing, like, they talk about their actions, things they do that okay. show their foolishness. All right, so demonstrating their foolishness. Okay, good. Any other thoughts? What's similar? Okay. Repeatedly, because they they repeatedly do these things. It's, it's yeah. not a one one off thing. Yeah. So again, I have those quotes on the front. This is one of my favorites about foolishness. Um, Alexander Pope says, "Fools rush in where angels fear to tread." I love that quote. That's so good. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread, which I really think is what a lot of these Proverbs are saying, is fools just jump in, right? Uh, So 23, it is honorable to back off from a fight, but a fool just jumps in, right? Someone who's just ready to fight, who's ready to pick an argument, who's ready to fight with you, be that physically or mentally or whatever, um, like a dog that returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats foolish mistakes, right? Continues to go back to it, right? Um, I, I, that is 
I mean, you think about that. That's a that's a hilarious proverb, right? A pro a, a dog. I mean, and dogs do that, right? They throw up and they immediate and they go and and eat that that vomit, right? It's like fools say something foolish and they eat it up themselves, right? They just love it. They they said something they thought that was so wise, or they acted in such a way that they thought was so wise, and in reality it was foolishness. It was vomit, and they just are eating it up. They love it. They love it, and they repeat it. They do it again. They say it again, right? Um, yeah, that, I think that's such a, that's such a great proverb. It's it's really a cartoon, right? It's like uh, it's it's Solomon doing some cartoon work, describing a cartoon. Like that, that's really what that is. What is that? Like a wily coyote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always he always comes with he always comes with some kind of plan to get the robot right. It backfires. Every yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. He always does it. Definition of insanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Expecting different, expect different results. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, and also this this thing this twenty three uh, is honorable to back off from a fight, but a wise person also knows that if they back off from a fight, they're liable to be made fun of. Yeah. Called a coward. Right. And belittled because they wouldn't fight. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's where your wisdom has to really kick in. Yeah. To realize their well, words are well, not. The difference in fighting right. if you have a choice. Yeah. Sure. Well, this is just this is just a situation where you can back off from it. It's yeah. Not, yeah. 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 You can avoid it. Right. right. You know. Uh, you know. You know. The fool will take the, the worst choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and I mean, there it talks about cowardliness, right? There is a level of of fighting uh, that's defensive, right? Um, defending others, right, or or right. something along those lines. That that I don't think that proverbs is. I don't think this proverb is is getting right. at. Rather, it's saying, you know, just to to fight for the sake of fighting, to pick fights, right? Fools love picking fights. But they they love to argue about stuff, right? They'll bring up stuff just to argue. They know that it's going to make you mad. They know it's going to cause division. You know, that, that, that reminds me of something that I listened. I, I listened to a podcast this week. And uh, <clears throat> it was a group that was particularly for a, uh, a piece of legislation to pass or whatever. And they would go to, to households that they knew from, from past, from their from their past voting record or whatever, that they would vote against that. And when they went into the situation, instead of jumping in, they would listen to the person and hear what they have to say about it and then discuss it with them. Rather than fighting about it, they would just just discuss it. And the first one, a lot of the time, would change their their idea on it, Mm -hmm. not from being fussed at, but from from talking it through themselves yeah. and figuring it out themselves that no, wait a minute, you know, because they hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. And, and that that's the you know, that that's uh, the opposite of the one trying to Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely a difference. Because the last thing that we would want to take from this is that we just shouldn't talk about stuff that's hard, right? We should just no, avoid no. having conversations about difficult topics, right? No. That's definitely not the we point. We need to have those conversations. Right, yeah. But we also need to do it in a peaceful manner. Yeah, yeah, respectful. And, and respectful is just, yeah. you find that very little nowadays. Yeah, yep. it's very hard to do. I had a, I had a woman say, I, we were talking about politics or something, and she just 
kind of a little exasperated. He said, well, I guess we can't talk about politics. Mm -hmm. So I disagreed with her on something. Yeah. And I was like, why not? I think it strengthens us to be yeah. able to give different points of view. Yeah. And she's, she's like, no, can't do it. <laughs> I was like, all right. We yeah, won't. it is. There is a level of it that for a lot of people is just exhausting, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know. Well, um, so there is one thing that I want to point out that, that has jumped out and to me already. Um, Jesus warns in Matthew 7, 1, he says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And then back in 5, 22, we heard this this past Sunday. Misty read it in church. Um, he, Jesus says, Whoever says, You fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Now, Proverbs clearly, I mean, it's clearly, call, again, the argument is, the, why, why is there so many Proverbs about foolish people? It's not so much, although it is, it is hoping that foolish people will stop being foolish, but more than that, it's for wise people to avoid foolish people or avoid interacting with foolish people. We'll know that these are the way that, that foolish people act. Um, and so how do we... How do we do that without really making judgments, right? We have to make a judgment on someone's character. If someone, we have to, I mean, every time we interact with someone, there is a level of, of, of making a judgment that goes into it. Um, you know, right? You have to judge whether or not someone is trustworthy. You have to judge whether or not someone can be trusted, right? And so um, there is this level that Proverbs is calling us to just that. Um, but Jesus says, "Do not judge, and you too, you will, or you too will be judged." Both of these passages are great examples of why we cannot just pull a sentence from Scripture, whether it be Proverbs or the, the passages from you know Jesus speaking, and just throw it out there as as it. Because if you don't read, do not judge, or you too will be judged. If you read it apart from its context, that is the verse before it, the verse after it, the section that Jesus is, is in, what you find is uh, you, it feels like it contradicts some parts of Scripture. Even Jesus is, is um, calling us at times to, to make judgments about people's characters, right? And so, so is Jesus contradicting himself? Is Jesus contradicting um, the Proverbs and other conventional wisdom in scripture um, in context chapter 7 verse 1 is about pride and hypocrisy what jesus is telling them to do is to not act like the the pharisees who go around and judge whether or not someone's worthy of love or whether or not someone's worthy of your care um, because you judge them as as guilty you judge them and so so what jesus is talking about is not making judgments about people as in discerning whether or not they're wise or foolish people but, but making a judgment about, you know, the state of their soul. Um, although, again, we, we are called to, to make judgments about whether or not someone needs Jesus or not, right? We, we, we can discern that. Um, but, but, but what Jesus is calling, what Jesus is warning us against is, is, is being hip, hypocritical. Um, and, and then um, in that same context, uh, well, it, actually, what's funny is, is, um, it's right after that that Jesus, to, to describe more what Jesus is talking about, what don't, do not judge, is he says right after that, he says, um, do not worry about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye, right? So, so what Jesus is after is more about hypocrisy. He's not so much saying don't make judgments about people, whether or not they're fools or wise, whether or not you should be friends with them, whether or not you should marry them, right? Those are all things you need to make judgments and discern about, right? Um, but he's talking about pride. He's talking about hypocrisy, 
there. And so we have to understand in context. Then the other text, he says, um, whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Um, in this context, uh, actually, it's funny. Jesus in Matthew's gospel refers to the Pharisees as fools. He says, you fools. That's what he says to the Pharisees. And so, um, again, is Jesus contradicting himself? Is Jesus himself now liable for of hellfire? Um, what Jesus is warning against in chapter 5 is unjust anger. So if you, if you listen to, to Misty read this, this past Sunday, what you heard in context was, was um, he was talking about um, relationships between individuals. Um, he was saying in that same breath, he's saying if, you, if you're constantly um, insulting people, you're constantly calling people names if you're if you're taking them to court for unjust reasons like then then and then you're not being just you're not being righteous right and so it's in that context that jesus says don't call people fools. don't go around calling people names don't go around calling people fools um because what you're uh because but because of unrighteous anger jesus calls the pharisees fools because of righteous anger Right, and so again, you probably shouldn't go around saying "you fools." We don't quite have the authority that Jesus does, but but can we make judgments about whether or not someone is foolish or wise? Proverbs would call us to. I believe Jesus would call us to as well. Um, what Jesus is talking about is specifically not going around in, in anger and 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 calling people foolish because they disagree with us. Right? You disagree with my opinion, you're a fool. Right? You disagree with my politics, you're a fool. You disagree with this, you're a fool. You don't think. You don't think God is real? You're a fool, which the, the Psalms do that, right? The, the fool says in their heart, there's no God, right? But should we go around spouting that verse to atheists, people that we want to be a part of our, our people, right? Do we want, is, is, that, is that the way that we approach evangelism? Is that the way we approach that? No. Um, and I think that that's ultimately what Jesus is after, right, is, is our attitude towards people and our actions towards people. Um, so that, that's a really important aspect in understanding that, that Jesus is, Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't make judgments about people, that we shouldn't judge their character, that we shouldn't um, discern, maybe as a better word here in this context, that we didn't, shouldn't discern whether or not someone's wise or foolish. We should. We need to do that because it's okay to, be, it's okay to love someone who maybe is living in foolishness. It's okay to, to care for someone, but that person shouldn't be somebody that we get married to. It shouldn't be somebody that we... That we confide in it shouldn't be someone that we're 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 expecting to disciple us, right? And that's ultimately what Proverbs is trying to get after: is to say that um, don't don't make those people your your close circle. Um, yes, you can love them, you can pray for them, you can you can do your best to influence them positively and in, in, in wisdom and and help them um, in, in the areas that they need to grow. But don't but don't expect those people to be. Your, your leaders, your disciples, your 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 even your even on a mutual level with you. Um, all right, so with the, so we got a minute left, and, and this last one is just a, a reflection, just to send you with it. Consider the proverbs read in this lesson again. Do any of these characteristics sting because they remind you of yourself? Again, you can take hope in knowing that you're acknowledging that. Oh man, that sounds like me a little bit, or that sounds like me last week. You can take. Um, hope and knowing that what Proverbs say is if you acknowledge that as something that you need, an area that you need to grow in, then you're already on the path to wisdom, right? We, we can make those mistakes. We can act in foolish ways. And if we acknowledge that they were foolish, then we're on the path to wisdom. It's when we say, no, I think I was justified in that, that behavior. 
I think I was right in acting that way. It's when we act that way that we're, we're, we're not getting off that, that path to foolishness. Um, so, again, thinking about this, are any of these, do any of these sting because they remind you of yourself? What can you do this week to grow because you acknowledge that? All right, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you and we're so grateful for you. We're grateful for, um, uh, for the book of Proverbs and uh, for the whole book itself and for its call on our lives to be wise and to, to be on the path to wisdom. Would you help us, oh God, keep our focus on you. Help us um, to acknowledge areas that we need to grow. Help us to be aware when we've made decisions that are not wise. And then help us, oh God, as your witnesses, as your lights in the world, as your light lighting up the world, help us to be beacons of wisdom to those that are stuck on the path of foolishness, that they may acknowledge their ways, their folly, and turn to you. Help us, oh God, we love you, we praise you. Go with us into the rest of this week. Help us to grow in areas that we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go.